Welcome to the Lucky Titan Podcast. Here you will learn how to fill your favorite platform with tons of your dream customers from some of the world's top entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Josh Tapp. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan. Today, we're here with Donna Peters, the one and only. I am so excited to have her here. She is the founder of the Me Suite, which I thought was really obviously entertaining as a name. Uh, But secondly, um, I just really wanted to bring her in here today to talk with us about how to gain trust and really how to find and bring more options into your life. Because many of you who are listening to this show, you know, we get stuck in so many different parts within our journey. And the reality is it's mostly because we're out of options. So Donna, please say what's up to everybody. And then we will hop in. So happy to be here. What's up? (laughs) Excited to have you here. All right, Donna. Well, my very first question is something that we talked about in the pre-interview, and I wanted to bring this up because it really turned the light bulb on for me when we were having our conversation. Yeah. You talked about how all of us want to have a sense of control in our lives, in our business and everything. How do we increase that sense of control? That's my first question for you. Yeah. And so what I'm about to share with you is not made up and it's not hokey. It's actually grounded in neuroscience. It's just the way that our brains are wired to work. The brain scans for threats every one fifth of a second. And we are programmed to orient focus on things that are more negative than positive. So what that means for us as business people, whether we're entrepreneurs, working for someone, with someone, et cetera, is when we feel trapped, we, when we feel that we are not in control of something, that is a negative response. The brain triggers it as a negative response. It flows through your imp- entire body. You know how it feels. You know how it can be quite paralyzing. So the main theme here is from a neuroscience perspective, that sense of being out of control, the sense of feeling trapped is bad. So what do you do about it? So the greatest, simplest way to think about surrounding yourself with options, because options give you power. When you feel that you're in power, you have control. When you feel you're in control, good things happen. See how it all ladders down. I like to orient people into four really practical buckets for how you regain a sense of control. And I'm gonna be curious to see if some of these may be surprising to you. The first one is the bucket. I'll go through the first. I'll go through the four first. Is that easier? I'll just go boom, boom, boom. Absolutely. Let's okay. let's jump straight and, through, okay. and I probably will be surprised. So, <laughs> uh, so so the boom, boom, boom version is your networks and how you think about them strategically. Your focus on your personal health. Your knowledge level of finances. And the fourth one is thinking fungibly, a fancy word to say creatively and broadly about your personal skills and strengths. If you can get those four things working in concert, you are surrounding yourself with options. You can't quite predict what might happen in two years and three years and five years, but if those four things are all on solid ground at any given moment in time, you are the one in control. And if I ever do go get a tattoo, I don't have one yet. If I do get one, it will be options or power. It's the thing that I fundamentally believe the most in. Yeah, and I I love this. And and I wanted to give you kind of my vision with this because what I thought mm-hmm. the light bulb that went off for me really was that it's I was driving just yesterday 
Mm-hmm. And we're, we're driving down the road and this cat comes running across Ooh. and I'm probably a hundred feet away from it. Right. Going 25 or 35, not really fast enough. But then if you stop and you watch the, the cat will stop and it mm. darts its head around. It looks for all of the different escape routes. Right. Yeah. I'm panicking. Cause I think it's going to run back into the street. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife's like, hit your brakes, hit your brakes. Right. But uh, it took one of the escape routes and I, and what you're, what I'm envisioning when you t- talk about this, you know, having the options is when you're trapped, instead of having to panic, you know, Hey, there's 4,000 different options for me. I have all these different directions yeah. I can go. So I, I wanted to explain that as well for people to hopefully help you understand the value of the options. So mm. for you, Donna, um, I'd, I'd like to kind of delve into each of those four topics, right? Yeah. The last one, especially because I didn't write fast enough to get it. So let's start with okay. networks though. <laughs> You got it. Okay. So networks, it's the classic thing that we we always know, right? Some people hear the word, oh, I've got a network and they think it feels really slimy. But by networks here, I mean uh, thinking about the different people that are either currently in your life and how they can be helpful and how you can help them or the people that you wish were in your life that are not yet and what you can do to uh, to expand that. So this is thinking about the people who can who need to be aware of what you do, aware of what you know how to do, aware of what you want to do, and go to them and ask them for help in whatever area of your business or your personal growth, wherever you are, go to them with an ask. And a lot of people say, well, I'm not willing to do that. Networking feels slimy. Why would I go ask for help? That's just not who I am. That feels like a salesperson. Every time I hear that, I stop and remind people, remember the last person who called you and asked for your advice on something and how did it feel? I'll ask you, Josh, how did it feel the last time somebody called you and asked for your help with something? Yeah, it pushes the status button for sure. It makes you feel pretty cool. <laughs> makes you feel pretty cool. So uh, so the next time you're thinking, I don't really want to lean on my network. That feels a little slimy to me. Just remember how good it feels when somebody does that for you. And then also, if you're really thinking, I don't really want to lean on my networks to help expand my business or to ask for a favor or to seek an introduction or to learn something, you maybe just want to expand your network to learn something. If that ever, if you just can't get over that mentally, just remember at the end of every networking conversation, you can always end it with, thank you. Is there anything that I can do to help you? Right? So it's really, really specific and practical advice about thinking strategically about the network of people that you want to surround yourself with at any given moment in time, so that if the wind starts to blow in a direction that you didn't want it to blow, you've got these networks warm and available and open to you uh, to, to help you with whatever the next step may be. Yeah, that, that is brilliant. Sorry to interrupt you. I wanted to just yeah. say that um, just to prove your point here, I mean, we were talking about this in our pre-interview that's why we both started a podcast. We said, we want to get into higher circles, get around greater people, learn a lot of amazing things. I know for me, when I first started my podcast, it was strictly just to get coaching by the top people. And when I did that, it started to help me realize what needs they had and how we could sell to them. So totally, totally to to solidify your point. (laughs) You're already solid. An N of two that it works. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that's the networking one. Um, the other two, I think will be quicker because people can get their head around them a little bit more quickly, but I want to, I want to poke the bear on, on two things. The one on health is the truth is there's so much about our health that is not in our control. 
for some people, right? It might be a hereditary thing. It might be an accident that you're recovering from, et cetera. However, for the things that are in your control, control the controllables because your options now and for the rest of your life will be significantly limited if health becomes a filter through which you have to say no to some things, right? Very simple. The third one is finances. And by here, I don't mean go out and sell your soul to the devil and make as much money as you possibly can. What I mean is be extremely knowledgeable about finances. If you didn't study finances in school, if you didn't go get an MBA, et cetera, go take a $49.99 class at Coursera or something to understand how this stuff works. Because I often, sadly, see people making decisions that if they really knew the total cost of ownership of making a decision, like buying a house, for example, uh, buying or leasing a car, et cetera, you probably wouldn't make the decision that you made had you been more financially savvy. And the truth is, at least in the United States, we do not teach financial literacy to people in school. You kind of learn it as you go. So have a very high degree of self-awareness about your financial acumen and go shore that up, especially for your listeners that are in the entrepreneur space and growing a business. This sometimes isn't the sexy stuff that we like to focus on. And so if you don't want to focus on it yourself, let the experts be experts and surround yourself with people that can help. That's so brilliant. That's that is brilliant. And I, I love that both of those, I mean, you're sending light bulbs off in my head left and right with this, but I mean, you're really coming down to like this, this is how you, I mean, with personal health, that's eliminating that as a factor for you saying, Hey, yeah. I mean, even if you're a paraplegic, who's an entrepreneur, right. You mm -hmm. could be saying, I'm uh, my, I'm going to keep my mental health strong so that I can still be an entrepreneur or, Absolutely. you know, whatever area of life you're in. So I love that. And then the financial side, I completely agree. I mean, when, when uh, you're trying to make decisions, without with an ignorance, you're going to mess up more often than not. Like having yeah. that, that information just allows you to make wiser decisions. Yeah. The one that kills me the most, and I really have to bite my tongue every time I hear this, it just, it just really sets me off is when people have bought property and they sell a home, not, not rental property, but like a, a home property and right. they, they buy it and then they sell it and they go and tell all their friends how much money they made off of it. I always want to just sit them down and say, really? Really, what interest were you paying on your mortgage? How much did you have to pay for the maintenance and upkeep of the home? It isn't exactly the truth right. <laughs> that you're telling people about all this money that you made off with. So it's just a real simple example that's probably most, most common. Uh, but I, I do find that uh, if I had to go back and I had a magic wand and I could think differently about how we educate tomorrow's youth, for future leaders, it would be grounding people in financial acumen, you know, especially for entrepreneurs who are really excited about solving a problem. You're not going to be solving that problem in five years from now if you aren't grounded in financial health. So, love that. Let's yeah. move on to number four too, because I want to. I want to yeah. get to this. Okay, where's the one? I think you didn't write down. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get All to right. that one. Okay, so four was skills and strengths, and, and I used a fancy SAT word, uh, encouraging you to think fungibly about your skills and strengths. Fungibly just means think broadly and flexibly about your skills and strengths. I often find people are just too literal about what they know and what they can do. Like a CPA will say, well, I'm a CPA and I can only do accounting. Well, that isn't true. You can do a lot of things that require your ability to solve a puzzle, 
because CPAs solve big puzzles. Attention to detail probably comes very naturally to a CPA, et cetera. So as you're thinking about uh, either a new venture, expanding, uh, gr growing what you currently do, completely changing what you currently do, literally sitting down and doing an inventory of what are all of your skills and strengths, whether they be functional, whether they be uh, in an industry, uh, whether they be, they may be more leadership type skills, like I'm really good at negotiation, right? That would be more of a leadership skill. Think, get that list down, an inventory of all of your skills and strengths, and then step back and get really creative about when, you, if you combined them, what type of new business opportunity would that raise for you? Either you're going to start it and lead it, or you're going to go sell it to someone. And by doing it, you'll probably find out where your Achilles heel is. And that's a wonderful indicator of where you need to go higher to surround yourself with the people that shore up your weaknesses. So those are my four. And that's brilliant, man. All four of those just struck a chord. <laughs> um, fungibly, I'm going to have to add that to my vocabulary. <laughs> um, so I love that because it's, it's not what you're trained in. I mean, they're the mm -hmm. skills and the strengths that you have. And I, I know as an entrepreneur, I constantly have to learn new skills, right? I, I'm trying mm -hmm. to keep up. So I'm constantly learning new things, studying, taking courses, getting coached, doing masterminds, whatever. But even outside of that, mm -hmm. what are my core skills? And it's funny because if you have customers, they're the ones who tell you, especially oh. if you're a coach. I don't know if you've, you've experienced the same thing, but I mean, I always thought I was just the marketing guy. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm good at marketing. I can teach people how to drive leads. And then we had uh, one of my clients sat me down and was like, Josh, you're just really good at helping people become friends. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Like I'm, I'm good at socially putting people together yeah. and creating an environment that they can become friends. And I'm like, that's it, it. Everything clicked for me. I'm like, that's why our masterminds work. That's why all of our other things work. Right. Because my job is just to get the right people in the right room. Yeah. So, yeah. I would use, I was going to use the word for you. If you had put me on the spot, I was going to say something like maximizer or connector. Love it. Right. If I find, find a way for the tide to raise all ships, that kind of thing. That's like my go-to phrase. It's so cheesy, but I love it. Yeah. Did you just call me cheesy? <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We've all got a little bit of it. <laughs> I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Oh boy. See, and I hope everybody was actually listening to those four steps because those, I mean, for me, that's, I've already got five different things I want to go apply after this, but I hope that you'll look at the way you're running your life, not just your, your business and look at the four things that Donna just walked us through and say, okay, how, what of these is the bottleneck that's keeping me from having more options? And I, I love like with where you're at, because for me, I'm like, I have a great network. My personal mm -hmm. health is going to crap. So that mm -hmm. needs help. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've got a financial knowledge and I have identified some other skills. Right. And, and I know for me, my health is actually the bottleneck there because sometimes mm -hmm. for me, it's the, how much can I emotionally take in one day? Yeah. I am very emotionally immature when it comes to being able to take multiple calls in a day. If I have eight calls back to back, I'm toast the rest of the day. I get home. I'm not happy. My wife's not happy with me. You know, it's just kind of, it spirals downwards. But uh, so that for me, I know is absolutely somewhere that I could, I could work on. So I appreciate that. <laughs> really awesome. I love the way you said it because that really is one of the most common denominators that entrepreneurs are challenged with, right? Is where is the time for you? And it's that classic, I'm going to be cheesy one more time. I promise. Please do. Time. It's the really classic analogy of the 
put the oxygen mask on yourself before assisting others, right. right? Your team is growing as an entrepreneur. If you aren't taking care of yourself, all you're doing is oozing that poison on all the other people around you. Right. Right. And it's a classic common denominator among entrepreneurs. And so you're, you're making it safe for other people to recognize that they may have that challenge too. <laughs> That's what I hope people will realize is because I love that you that, that analogy that wasn't cliche was the, mm-hmm. the poison, right? Because we, it's so, it's so interesting. If I don't show up even to every call on point energized, yeah. you're not going to be energized. We're not going to have a great conversation. My team's going to lack. I mean, it just doesn't become a productive day. Um, it's really, really intriguing. And we watch a lot of companies, especially in our stay at home world today, Mm -hmm. where people are coming with really low energy. I think that's the big killer of businesses right now with the, with the staying at home, because they don't realize that over camera, their energy is like a two when it should be a 15. If you want it to be, (laughs) if you want people to be excited and listen to your stuff, so I, yeah, wow. You're sparking all kinds of thoughts here, Donna, but um, I want to ask you an application question here because pretty much everybody watches the show and listens to the show is because they're stuck mm. and being stuck is because we don't have options. And, and you just like, totally, I'm going to like make this be the description for the podcast is your four methods. I'll quote mm-hmm. you twice and then steal it. Um <laughs> You're transparent. <laughs> At least I'm honest. You know how to sue me, right? Um, anyway, so we would we would basically like t- for me. I mean, when you're stuck, it's because we're trapped. So how would you implement this in a business who's stuck at say a million dollars? They can't break it. They feel like they're lacking in knowledge or what have you in order to break that barrier. How would you help them create more options? Yeah. So I love this concept of breaking orthodoxies. Uh, if any, any of your listeners have ever done a breaking orthodoxies exercise, um, it's basically you filling in the blanks of the following sentence. What would blank never say about blank? So let's say your business, uh, whatever it may serve, products or services, is stuck at a certain revenue point and you're really trying to get over the hump. And maybe you're needing to identify new sources of revenue because it's expansion with existing customers or new customers. Maybe you want to go make an acquisition, et cetera. If you and your team sat down and answered that or filled in that sentence, what would blank never say about blank? You will start to surface orthodoxies that you and your team have. Orthodoxies are embedded beliefs, basically, right? Things that you just inherently believe that you never walk around questioning or testing, right? So I would first start there, and then that usually will lend itself from a, in a business context. It will usually lend itself to things that you want to do differently in the way that you interact with customers, in the way that you uh, network, in the way that you want to use your skills and strengths. So of the four things I mentioned, the uh, networking and the skills and strengths one could be activated in new, powerful ways creating new powerful options. If you maybe started with that breaking orthodoxies type of an exercise. That's awesome. I love that. So, so would an example of that be like, mm-hmm. you know, what would Donna never say about leadership? Is that, is that correct? Or, or is that a miscommunication there? Yeah, it is. Let, let me give uh, an example that I think more people will just know and understand no matter where we are in our lives or the work that we've done. Uh, I'll give you an example from a, a not-for-profit and animal shelter that I had uh, worked with. Uh, the, the orthodoxy busting that we did there 
what would blank never say about blank was what would a potential uh what sorry what would an employee uh sorry let me get my words what would a volunteer there's my word what would a volunteer never say about the shelter right because we were trying to find new ways to get more animals adopted and one enormous component of adopting an animal maybe many of your listeners did that during covid is uh the the family experience, the person's experience of coming and working with the volunteers at the shelter. So what would volunteers never say about the shelter? Well, but let's uh, let's brainstorm this one together here, Josh. Of course, one thing a, a volunteer would never say about a shelter is I love picking up poop all day. True. Very true. 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 <laughs> um, another thing a volunteer would never say is I always feel safe. Right. Around all these different types of animals. Right. Right. Another thing a volunteer would never say is uh, uh, sometimes I'm just sitting around bored and have nothing to do, right? Because the work environment is so stressed and so busy. So fast forward out of that, there were a lot of actions that were done. Some of them were technology that got implemented to improve the way volunteers get scheduled so that they were being more respectful of, of the, the volunteers' time and not being quite so um, abusive of the volunteers' free time. Um, and, and other things got implemented that were more uh, behavioral or improvements to the environment uh, in addition to the scheduling system that was software. So just an example of how if you just stop for a moment and get out of your routine, right, it will just naturally start to brew new ideas. And it's a little bit more... Uh, customer or client focused or employee focused than your typical brainstorming exercise with different colored post-it notes that a lot of us roll our eyes at now. Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah I love that. And, and that's, that's a great example. I think everybody can visualize that very well. Um, wow. Yeah. You've, you've, uh, you've blown my mind and that's always good, Donna. So I want to ask you, first off, I want to let everybody know, Donna actually has her own podcast or her mm -hmm. own podcast, excuse me. So make sure you go check that out. So it's the Me Sweet podcast, um, amazing podcast. Make sure you go check it out. She is in some of the top percentile as far as performers as a podcaster. So make sure you go check that out. But Donna, I want to ask you this. How can people connect with you and get into your world? Yeah, so the easiest way is to visit me. My website is the Me Suite, and I need to spell it for you. It's the-me-suite.com, and suite is spelled like executive suite here. Uh, the Me Suite is a play on C-suite. Uh, so, yeah, although when I first told my 92-year-old aunt that I was launching the me suite about a week later, she called me and asked, how is sweet me going? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you need it's leave a bakery. It <laughs> <laughs> exactly. your, your family keeps it real, right? Right. Right. They'll always humble you. <laughs> Family keeping it real, but um, I have a lot of blog content out there that, um, and, and ma mainly the content and the podcast are all around um, helping us as business leaders, whether we're entrepreneurs or working inside companies, um, helping us uh, lead our lives with purpose, planning, and power like C-suites lead the companies that we most admire. So a lot of interview-based uh, content and blog content, and I would love to hear from anybody. I love that. And the way that she really does her content is so unique because- She's all about answering the real questions. 
Um, so make sure that you go check that out and get into Donna's world as quickly as you can. So once again, it's the-me-suite.com. So make sure you go check that out. And Donna, I have one final question for you. Yeah. So if you could leave one final parting piece of guidance for our audience, what would that be? Oh, I'm going to relate it back to what I said about networks. It is a, a common theme here, but the answer is think about a few people in your life that you owe a thank you note to and write it by hand on a piece of paper and mail it. There is absolutely nothing that any one of us achieves alone. And I really firmly believe that. And think about the people that you owe a thank you note, write it, and they're going to keep it in a box under their bed and somebody's going to find it there 20 years later, it's going to mean so much to them. So please do that. It'll feel great for you. And you can only imagine how great it'll feel on their side. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Lucky Titan podcast. If you want to fill your favorite platform with dream customers, then come join myself and thousands of others of hosts at theluckytitan.com slash tribe. Here you can find guests for your show, get featured on other shows and discover the secrets to building an audience of raving fans. So once again, go create your free account at theluckytitan.com slash tribe.